0: Y'all can talk about all these viruses, and that's good, but you can't forget the main one. It's plaguing us, bro.
1: It's time now for the People's War Radio Show, where we do talk about the main virus.
2: And that is colonialism.
0: Why I can't live People's War Radio Show, we talk with healthcare workers,
2: activists,
0: revolutionaries,
2: authors,
1: teachers, and regular people from the African community.
2: We aim to bring you an African internationalist analysis on all things important to winning our freedom from colonialism. The root of all our problems.
0: Why I'm or the colonial right
2: Uhuru, welcome to the People's War Radio Show. I'm Dr. Matsumela Odom. And I'm Dexter M. Lemwingu. Uhuru means freedom in Swahili, and freedom is on our minds
3: 24-7. On October 24th, 2021, Huey P. Newton, co-founder of the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, was honored with the unveiling of a bronze bus at the intersection of Mandela Parkway and Dr. Huey P. Newton Way, formerly 9th Street in West Oakland, California. 9th Street was changed to Huey P. Newton Way on what would have been Newton's 79th birthday, February 17, 2021. The revealing of the bus marked the 55th anniversary of the Black Panther Party. Huey P. Newton has long been an iconic hero to the African working class people fighting for freedom and self-determination in the U.S. and around the world. He was the co-founder and the political leader of the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, the most significant revolutionary organization of the Black Power Movement of the 1960s. The Black Panther Party was formed in 1966 after the Civil Rights Movement had reached its limitations and the struggle for Black Power and self-determination was becoming widespread. They exercised their legal rights to bear arms and establish street patrols to observe and discourage police assaults on Africans in Oakland. In response to this, the California legislature moved to pass new anti-gun laws. On May 2, 1967, about two dozen Panthers entered the state capital of California in Sacramento carrying rifles to protest the new law. This hit the national news, and Panther chapters sprung up like wildfire around the U.S. The Panthers developed a 10-point platform and published a weekly newspaper. They were known for their do-for-self programs across the U.S., which included freedom schools, free breakfast for school children, health clinics, legal aid, clothing distribution,
2: and transportation services. The Black Panther Party in Oakland, California, served as the revolutionary center of the African Revolution of the nineteen sixties. It's for this reason that the Black Panther Party, Huey Newton, and the African working class community bore the weight of the US counterinsurgency. Dozens of Panthers were executed, hundreds were incarcerated, and others were sent fleeing into exile. The Black Panther Party was also attacked in the colonial media and the African working class was demoralized and driven out of political life. In late 1967, Huey
3: was charged with killing an Oakland cop during a traffic stop. He was convicted of manslaughter. In 1970, his conviction was overturned and he was released. By that time, the Black Power Movement had been militarily defeated across the U.S. with the physical destruction of the Panther offices and assaults on leadership. For the rest of his life, Huey was continuously arrested and harassed by police and the state. The African People's Socialist Party came into Oakland and the San Francisco Bay Area in the late 1970s. Chairman O'Malley Eshotela has noted that they could still smell the cordite in the air from the U.S. counterinsurgency's assault on the African Revolution of the 1960s. Homelessness, urban removal schemes, and neo-colonial rule was on the rise when the African People's Socialist Party came to Oakland. Oakland became the headquarters of the African People's Socialist Party in 1981. It was in Oakland that the party led some historic campaigns in defense of the African working class, such as the Community Control of Housing Initiative and the 1984 Freedom Summer.
2: It was with the Yahoo Movement and the Yahoo House that Huey Newton returned to political life amidst the Yahoo Movement's defense of Freddie Lee Roberts. Huey Newton was assassinated on August 22, 1989 and was slandered by the colonial media as going from prime minister to bum. Chairman Mali Shatella and the Yahuwah movement uplifted and defended Huey and his legacy. Today we'll talk with an organizer who was central to that defense of Huey, Bakri Olatunji.
3: Bakri was a nurse in the emergency room at Highland Hospital in Oakland in 1989, where he witnessed Huey's body being brought in after his assassination. In the 1980s, he was the coordinator of the Uhuru Movement's Little Bobby Hutton Mobile Health Clinic, named after another assassinated panther. Today, he serves as the Western Regional Representative of the African People's Socialist Party and led the Honor Guard of the Uhuru Movement forces for the unveiling of
2: the bust of Huey in Oakland. Welcome to the show, Bakri. What's up, Conrad?
4: Thank you, guys. I appreciate being on this show today. It's a powerful, powerful program.
2: You know, 1981, the African People's Socialist Party designated February 21st as African Martyrs Day. And, uh, you know, marking the day Malcolm X was assassinated. This is also, interestingly, only four days after Huey's birthday. So why is it important for the African working class to remember Huey P. Newton?
4: Oh, girl. You know, Huey represented the point of the spear in terms of the resistance of African people. Uh, There's never been a time in history of Africans since we've been colonized that we haven't resisted. Uh, Huey represented that resistance, and he said things and did things that a lot of Africans probably think all the time, but he did it in a very public way. He did it in a very bold way. He brought swag uh, to the African working class, and Huey Newton brought revolution to the African working class. He uh, brought things from an academic perspective down to the ground and organized people into a revolutionary formation that was fighting against colonialism, fighting for Africans having the ability to feed, house, and clothe ourselves. And to remember Huey Newton is to put uh, the leadership of uh, African workers in its proper place. This is the kind of leadership that we have to uphold, that we have to memorialize, we have to remember, but we also have to have responsibility, a uh, social and political responsibility to carry out the work. Huey Newton was a revolutionary, and Huey died before the revolution has come to its conclusion. The African People's Socialist Party is on the ground now, and we have to be able to complete the Black Revolution of the 60s. Huey himself, when he was at the Uhuru House, said, you may not have the Black Panther Party, but you have the Uhuru House. You may not have the Black Panther newspaper, but you have the Burning Spear newspaper. So it's important that we uphold Huey for what he was, Uhuru.
3: Uhuru, Uhuru, yeah, thanks for that.
4: Now, uh, we'll
3: go into this further in a bit, but I wanted to ask you this. You were raised in Oakland, and like Huey, you were actually born in northern Louisiana. What does Huey's legacy mean to you and your political life?
4: I think for me, Huey represents the resistance of African people. He uh represents, you know, all of the pain and the suffering that people go through, the daily colonial life that we exist in. And Huey took his understanding of that um, because he had to deal with it as well. And that Huey stepped forward, you know, with a gun in his hand that was legal at the time to uh, challenge the state, to challenge the police, to feed, house and clothe African people. And for me, that's the thing that I looked at because I saw the Panthers on the streets as a young man coming up in Oakland. And I remember, uh, I think in '68, when um, Martin Luther King was murdered, and four days later, Bobby Hutton was murdered right there in Oakland, California, as a part of the counterinsurgency. And I just recall that, you know, growing up in Oakland, you 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 had to see the Panthers on the street, and I did see the Panthers on the street. I did leafleting for the Panthers um, at that time, Lisa pay the youth uh, a few dollars for us to go out and pass out leaflets. And, and it was just a really mobilizing time in Oakland, which was part of the Black Revolution of the 60s. Matter of fact, Oakland was the headquarters and in so many ways of the Black Revolution of the 60s. So that's one reason why Oakland bore uh, a lot of the uh, counterinsurgency uh, efforts that came down on Oakland to wipe away any revolutionary memory Um, from the minds of African workers here. Uhuru.
3: Now, Bakri, as we noted, the African People's Socialist Party entered Oakland after the Black Power Movement had suffered a crushing military defeat through U.S. counterinsurgency. Can you explain for us what is counterinsurgency and how were the conditions on the streets of Oakland at that time in the early 80s?
4: Counterinsurgency is um, the efforts of the United States government to uh, ward off any organized, conscious efforts of African people to free ourselves from the colonial bondage. Um, When you talk about an insurgency, you talk about people who rise up uh, to overturn their conditions And when you talk about the counterinsurgency, again, these uh, organized efforts primarily through the arms of the state, the U.S. government, the jails, the prisons, and it is to hold African people in particular back, again, from achieving uh, self-determination, from solving our own problems in the community that we live in. So in Oakland, the conditions were Africans Going to jail, Africans being shot down in the streets, Africans uh, living in substandard housing projects, Africans getting substandard education, where you're learning about George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and all the good white people who are doing such good things and uh, the sort like that. Uh, The same colonial education and curriculum that we grew up with most of our lives. This is what we saw in the streets of Oakland. You saw the streets uh, being flooded with heroin and a new form of uh, drug uh, being put out on the streets in the form of crack. Um, You saw the three strikes you're out occurring during this time. You saw uh, laws uh, where they were sending African people wholesale to prisons. I was a uh, medical worker at San Quentin Prison, and I was looking at young people getting 25 to life. 18-year-old youngsters right out here from the streets of Oakland doing 25 to life for these new laws that the United States government had been waging as a part of this counterinsurgency to create uh, situations where Africans uh, were competing with one another for so-called turf and territory. So you saw a lot of um, ill-informed movements by uh, Africans who would have once been part of the Black Panther Party who with the absence of revolutionary philosophy on the ground in a good way, you saw a lot of Africans turning uh, to these other methods of trying to solve problems. And again, it was African People's Socialist Party that brought stability to the African working class and that brought back uh, the revolutionary trajectory of this movement. But the conditions um, in Oakland at that time were the same as they are now. They are one of a colonized community. Uh, then you have a colonized community today. And in some ways, the conditions today are much, worser, much worse than what they were in the 1980s.
3: You're listening to the People's War Radio Show, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today, we are discussing the legacy of Huey P. Newton. Huey Newton came to the Hur movement as part of the Campaign to Free Freddie Lee Roberts. It is in this context, at a rally held at the Uhuru House, that Huey stated these now immortal words. You might not have the Black Panther Party, but you have the Uhuru House. You might not have the Black Panther newspaper, but you have the Burning Spear. So they haven't done anything by crushing one organization. We found a recording of Huey's speech that evening. Let's take a listen.
0: Speaking,
5: I've never been too good of a lecturer. They used to say that I was pretty good with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's very important to keep our, our history going. About 200 times black history is uh, not recorded. It's forgotten about and therefore it keeps us uh, not going in the direction we the future. But uh, you might not have a Black Panther party, but you have a Lutahulu house. You might not have the, uh, the Black Panther newspaper, but you have a burning spear. So they really haven't done anything by crushing uh, uh, our States were attempting to, um, to enslave those free people. Uh, I kept saying I was a freedom fighter and I was fighting for freedom. And uh, the Vietnamese said that, uh, well, I don't say that. And I said, well, what I was wrong with saying say that is that, uh, well, we're, uh, <clears throat> we fight because we are free, we fight against slaves. And uh, I can imagine that uh, sometimes uh, a group of slaves will get shackled and put on a free person. And uh, so my job is to uh, be released from those shackles and perhaps we can make the slaves free also. And uh, that puts us in a position to know who we are and who we're fighting against. We're fighting against unconscious people, blind people, and slaves. So, we have to fight from a strong attitude and know that we're free and uh, we will break the shackles in order to free everyone else. And uh, that's the nature of the struggle. And it's not truly a race struggle, it's, uh, some of uh, my slaves uh, turn it into that. But we will see the light. Um, I've been tried for about 20 years now, at least two trials a year. I think about 15 charges against me altogether. Uh, um, they charge for everything. to get a child of God, <laughs> but uh, because of uh, the people's will, that uh, I was, uh, I'm still out here. And I think that sometimes I wonder. Uh, you know, I'm amazed at the power of the people, because uh, much of the time I didn't feel that I would live to be over 25. Uh, uh, then. Uh, and after that, I didn't think I would uh, ever get out of prison, but I'm still here. And uh, I think it's mainly because of the, the movement uh, of exposing uh, the government through the Prison of Information Act. And at uh, one time or another, at uh, one time, the movement is in a, sort of a high end, but other times we're restructuring, But I see a growing, uh, uh, growing spirit here in Oakland and uh, with the young people to, uh, uh, saying those lines or uh, singing those lines, that uh, is beautiful because uh, we're, we're building, we're a rebel sharing in our youth. Um, my latest uh, I'll be very grateful uh, that I'm here to Devin speaking uh, <laughs> uh, more than uh, two or three people at a time, um, excuse me, Bobby Stevens, yeah. <laughs> Um. They, you know, we created the uh, 1970. We created the uh, open community school, and uh, uh, by 19, I guess by 1982, uh, we were no, uh, no, we are no longer able to run the school. So we closed the school down, and then, uh, the books had to be examined. But uh, someone burned the books, uh, the accounting books. So uh, then uh I was charged with the burning other books uh and charged with not even running a school. So they charged me the really with uh a uh, couple uh I I think around five hundred to a million dollars in decimals. In other words the school never existed and uh the children were never fed and teachers were never paid because someone burned the books. So uh so uh they they're saying that all the money that it was accumulated in order to run the school. Since we couldn't uh, show it on paper, uh, then uh, we didn't run the school at all. Of course, the people in Oakland and the recipients of that program know very well the school is run. Now, uh, the, uh, the uh, main witness of the state, I, I, I was in preliminary hearing and we took a break uh, from preliminary, preliminary hearing because of my attorney's uh, involvement in the murder trial. But the state star witness, they used, they usually have pretty bizarre star witnesses against me. This, this guy's 51 51 and established it in, uh, in, uh, um, in court the other day. Uh, I remember they've uh, uh, had witnesses, eyewitnesses uh, against me uh, who were night blind and they uh, have And, uh, and uh, before that, uh, remember in 67 they had a. Uh, a bus driver who stood three feet away to, uh, to uh, testify that I executed a policeman, and uh, then uh, when his supervisor testified, he found out the bus wasn't there at all. <laughs> so was about five miles away, and uh, of course, these things are, uh, it would have, their convictions and uh, the persecution would have stood if the people hadn't kept uh, exposing not only uh, it to our community in the United States, but to the community of the world. So uh, because the, uh, uh, the movement should be viewed as a global movement in order to uh, have as much strength as possible. And uh, in Freddie's case, that uh, uh, it's so similar to uh, what happened to me in 67 until uh, my case was like a dress rehearsal. So we do have some, was sort of a history on how to handle uh, the tactical part of the case. You know, the other just hard work. And I'm very impressed with the, press, with, the uh, uh, with where the uh, uh, the energy is being put now. And uh, I plan to be uh, uh, more in touch with the who who House. Uh, Too clothes and someone burned the building and we lost much of, uh, films and books and so forth. But, uh, and that's a criticism I have of myself, if, uh, had been more in touch, maybe I could have gotten a lot of my history out of the, the, uh, the school into the House, uh, before the building was, uh, uh, burn, of course, we know who burn the building. I don't think I'm <laughs> currently with uh, burning the building yet. So I'm looking for that day. All right, All right. Uh, oh, I say power to the people, and uh, thank you very much. Right.
3: That was Peary P. Newton in December 1986 at the Hoover House in Oakland, California, Bakri, uh, you alluded to this earlier in the interview, but can you let us know what the significance of that statement was for you?
4: The significance of that statement to me um, represented the passing of the torch from one revolutionary organization to another, Uh, that the United States government um, is kind of summed up in words that Fred Hampton Jr. said, you can kill a revolutionary, but you can't kill a revolution. And the people Are fighting to be free. And again, um, Huey uh, recognized that, and that's why he made the statement. Um, And I just think that's what it represented for me.
2: Ooh, ooh, right on, the passing of the torch, of the struggle going from one era to another era. So, Comrade Huey Newton was assassinated on August 22nd, 1989, and was immediately slandered by the colonial media as going from, quote-unquote, a prime minister to a bum. In defense of Huey, the party initiated a scorched earth campaign using stencils, graffiti, and other efforts to defend the legacy of Huey. So I'm particularly interested in the revolutionary role of art and culture. Can you explain to me, Conrad, how you all use some of these cultural forms to defend Huey?
4: Oh, Yes. Um, you know, that's been I think 30 plus years ago, but I remember everything like it was yesterday. Um, I was um a nurse working at the um Highland uh hospital at the emergency room. I was an emergency room nurse. And I was in the, the emergency room um when they brought Huey in. And um it was done in a manner that was uh much different than normal standard procedure and how they bring somebody in and the trauma team goes to the trauma room to deal with that person. They brought him in, they had left the door open and as I was walking past, I looked over and I knew who it was immediately because I knew Huey. And I went and I called the chairman, it was like early, early morning, I think four or five in the morning I called the chairman and said they took QE out. You know, he's here, he's dead, he's in the emergency room. And that's, uh, chairman uh, got that information. He was probably one of the first to know through that connection there, having party uh, working at this institution uh, as a healthcare worker. And from there, we uh, set in motion a series of uh, mobilizations throughout the city, uh, mobilizing masses of African people in the streets, raising chants like, who killed Huey, don't tell no lie. The government, the government, the FBI. Uh, Long live Huey, Uh, long live the African revolution. Uh, We had these stencils, we had art. Uh, We did thousands of stencils on walls, on abandoned buildings, on sidewalks uh, of Huey holding the shotgun. And you know, the uh the revolution lives, Huey lives, and we upheld the resistance of the African working class through the memory of Huey Newton. It was a magnificent mobilization. Uh, as you stated earlier, the the bourgeois media had slandered Huey, and in slandering Huey, they were slandering the African working class community. And it was the African People's Socialist Party on the ground in Oakland that mobilized thousands and tens of thousands of Africans upholding the memory of Huey as uh, someone who represented the resistance that we all uh, needed to be a part of. And it was also we pushed back the state. We pushed back where even some of these initial news, uh, slanderous news articles had to be recanted. They had to fall back uh, from this slander. And it was the masses of people and arms in the streets armed with uh, the understanding of who Huey was and what Huey represented. It was just such a magnificent time and magnificent scorched earth like I've never seen scorched earth before. And it's something that we really need to understand to move this process forward. And that is really upholds the importance of the Burning Spear newspaper, Uhuru. Uhuru, uhuru. Yeah, thanks
3: for that. Thanks for that. And uh, interestingly, we are moving into the uh, 53rd anniversary of the uh, Burning Spear newspaper coming up in December 2021. Now, Bakri, I've noted before that I was raised in Southern California, but in 1996, I visited Northern California. And we drove through Oakland with some other brothers and sisters who were in the program I was in. As we drove up MacArthur Boulevard, we saw a building with the image of Huey and other African heroes on it. Someone told us that was the Black Panther Party headquarters. For years, you know, I thought that was the Panther headquarters and realized it was actually the Uhuru House. But to me, this is very significant. To me, this shows the significance of the movement's upholding of the legacy of Huey, especially the funeral that you were talking about earlier. So, Can you uh, expand on that and let us know uh, what role did the movement play in the funeral? And I think you played a specific role as well.
4: Uhuru, yes. And just to clarify, you were speaking of the Uhuru house earlier. And right there in East Oakland, in the middle of the heart of the African community, we have these large murals of uh, Huey P. Newton, uh, Kwame Nkrumah, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, and Chairman O'Malley Yashatella. And of all of those uh, great leaders I just mentioned, there's only one that's living today that's forwarding the revolutionary project that all of them contributed to, and that's Chairman O'Malley Yashatella. But in um, Oakland, uh, and the Uhura House played a real significant role um, in, uh, again, that uh, the actions and mobilizations around Huey's assassination. Uh, as I stated earlier, you know, we were the honor guards um at the uh, viewing of Huey's bodies where tens of thousands of people came. We printed the program uh for the funeral. Um we uh raised resources for uh the family, for uh Frederica Newton, the wife of Huey Newton. Uh we uh were inside of the church uh doing the uh ceremony, and there's a great pictures that are in uh, the uh, it was a section of a special uh, section of the Bernie Spear newspaper that um, was totally dedicated to Huey Newton, and some of the pictures in there are iconic. And I would hope that we can pr- bring some of these pictures up next year in the anniversary of the Spear. But I just really uh, appreciate the work that was done in regards to, the, as I said earlier, the scorched earth, but just the role that the uh, Uhuru movement played concretely on the ground to push the work of the Uhuru movement at the time. We had our um, Uhuru Cafe uh, Bakery in North Oakland. We had Spear Graphics on High Street in East Oakland. We had Uhuru Foods and Pies. We had Uhuru furniture. We had these economic institutions, and we were providing um, the dual and contending institutions that African workers need to have our own power, to have our own ability, as I stated earlier, to feed, house, and clothe ourselves. So, again, not only did we have an impact on the trajectory of how the state dealt with Huey, and not only did we support the efforts to uh, raise up Huey to the highest height, but we also had actual organization on the ground and winning people to participate again in the revolutionary project that they want to uphold memorializing Huey Newton. In Dead Prez's 2000 album, Let's Get Free, the song Propaganda pays
3: tribute to Huey P. Newton and the Black Panther Party.
1: behind, tell me who's got control of your mind, your worldview. Is it the news or the movie you taking your girl to? Uh, know what I'm saying? Cause Uncle Sam got a plan. If you examine what they're telling us, then you will understand what they're planting in the seeds of the next generation. Feeding our children, miseducation. No one knows if there's UFOs or any life on Mars or what they're doing when they up in the stars. Because I don't believe a word of what the president said. He filling our head with lies, got us hypnotized when he be speaking in cold words about crime and poverty. Drugs, welfare, prisons, guns, and robbery, it really needs us. There's no excuse for the slander, but what's good for the goose is still good for the gander, see? I don't believe Bob uh, Molly died from cancer. 31 years ago, I would have been a panther. They killed Huey because they knew he had to answer. The views that you see in the news is propaganda. I don't want no computer chip in my arm. I don't want to die by a nuclear bomb. I said we all rush the Pentagon. Pull out guns and grab the intercom. My first words would be, I believe man-made God. Out of ignorance and fear. And God made man. And why the hell would he put us here? I thought He's supposed to be the all-loving. The same God who let Hitler put the Jews in the ovens. We don't fall for the regular. They try to feed us all this half-assed leadership, flip a position. They turn politician and shut the hell up and follow tradition. Boy, your TV screen is telling lies to your vision. Every channel got some brainwashed cop to watch running up. Claiming that they earned shots, in supply, But Buster, can you tell me who's greedy off? big corporations, the pigs or the media Sign of the times, terrorism on the rise Commercial airplanes, falling out the skies like flies Make me wonder what secrets went down with Ron Brown Who burned the churches to the ground with no evidence found It's not coincidence, it's been too many steady incidents It could have been the clan who put that bomb at the Olympics But it probably was the FBI Deep at the core, cause if they make us all panic They can start martial law I don't believe Bob Marley died from cancer, 31 years ago I would have been a panther. They killed Huey cause they knew he had the answer, the views that you see in the news is propaganda. I don't believe Bob Marley died from cancer, 31 years ago I would have been a panther. You killed Huey cause you knew he had the answer, the views that you see in the news is propaganda.
5: A great understanding and that we try to extend this to the general uh, uh, black population and also people oppressed people all over the world and i think that uh, we differ from um, uh, some other groups simply because we understand the system better than uh, uh, most uh, groups understand the system and uh, with this realization uh, we Attempted to form a strong political base based in the community with the only strength that we have. And that's the strength of a a potentially destructive force if we don't get freedom.
3: That was Propaganda by Dead Press from their 2000 album, Let's Get Free.
2: You are listening to the People's War Radio Show. Produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today we are discussing the legacy of Huey P. Newton. Uhu Bakri. So you came into the Uhura movement as part of the Little Bobby Hutton Mobile Free Clinic. Can you explain who Little Bobby Hutton was and the significance of the program you're a part of?
4: Yes, I appreciate that question. Yes. Bobby Hutton was a um African, um, 14 year old African um who uh, was probably one of the first members of the Black Panther Party. He was 14 years old when he joined the Black Panther Party. Bobby Hudden wasn't just an ordinary member, uh, he played a significant role and he was a leader in the Black Panther Party. And today you hear a lot of people slandering our young people, but for me, Bobby Hudden represented what our young people would be today, uh, given the opportunity to flourish outside of this colonial place that African people find ourselves in. So Bobby Hutton was very significant. He was murdered on, uh, like I said earlier, on um, in a- early April, just a few days after Martin Luther King Jr. was murdered in April of 1968. He was shot down in West Oakland, um, unarmed. And Bobby Hutton is somebody who we have to uphold as well. And the Bobby Hutton African People's Freedom Clinic was named after him And this was a mobile recreational vehicle that we had, a 27-foot recreational vehicle that we converted into a mobile clinic where we went into the projects in East and West Oakland to provide uh, health care, to provide blood pressure screening, hypertension screening, uh, to uh, provide clinics at the Uhura House for our youth, for the child care collective there. Um, we went to communities and put on uh, festivals and bringing people to the mobile clinic to uh, get tested for various things. We won nurses from uh, the hospitals. We won doctors. We won uh, people to be a part of the uh, brigade, the medical brigade. And we, again, were uh, solving a lot of the problems around healthcare care and exposing people to the program of the Bobby Hutton African People's Freedom Clinic, which about putting power in the hands of the people.
3: Uhuru, uhuru, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks for that, Bakri. And especially all the different campaigns that really were going on right now, and we can really see the legacy of those campaigns. For example, I know that you were part of the People's War Commission and that was led by Project Black Unc and the All African People's Development and Empowerment Project. All that work surely stands on the shoulders of that work you were involved in back then. Now, as we noted, on October 24th, the bust of Huey P. Newton was unveiled. The African People's Socialist Party served as the color guard for the unveiling. You led that contingency. How was that experience?
4: The experience, it was uh, quite interesting. Considering there was, we had to deal with the elements. <clears throat> it was um, a rainstorm that particular day, but uh, the weather had no impact on uh, the people that showed up. There were hundreds of people there. Um, as the African People's Socialist Party, we had led a contingent of comrades who were asked um, by the widow of Huey Newton, uh, Frederica Newton, to uh, be the Flag bearers or honor guards, uh, for this event, uh, where they had free Huey flags, uh, large flags that we were initially going to be holding up as a part of the overall, uh, ceremony. And of course, those plans would change with the, um, weather as we couldn't put them on the poles because the wind was too strong and would have snapped the, um, wooden poles that we had. So we had to pivot and, uh, basically hold uh, the flags, and uh, we were again honored to be there. Uh, we met people from uh, all around the country. Uh, we even met, um, I think, uh, one of your fellow professors or a person who from San Diego who um, uh, was really appreciative of seeing the Hoor movement out there on the ground at this event, and even stated to us that uh, he sees that the Hoor movement is the only organization doing work on the ground. And he uh, said that he has Spears, uh, Bernie Spears newspaper located in his uh, place of business. I believe it was a barbershop, he stated.
3: Yes, yes, yes. It was a barbershop, Imperial Barbershop. Uh, I think his name is Tao Baraka.
4: Correct, correct. So we made contact and talked with him. But there were people from Chicago, from um, back east, who flew in for this event. And again, like I say, it was well attended. There were masses of people. There were some um, people who came to attend, uh, people like Barbara Lee, the uh, congressperson um, representing that district. Um, they had Oakland's mayor, uh, Libby Schaaf, um, Melvin Newton, uh, the older brother of Huey Newton, was there speaking. I think they had some culture um, Uh, There, But it was a a lot of people there who braved the weather and the conditions who came to uh, be a part of this uh, event where they were uh, unveiling this bronze bust of uh, Huey Newton. But we were honored to be uh, asked to be a part of that. We were not asked to speak. Uh, That question was raised and um, the program was pretty stacked and pretty tight where they said that couldn't um, be allowed. So uh, we, uh, again, uh, were there. And one of the things that I found that was pretty, uh, uh, in terms of my experience there, this particular site where they chose to um, put his bust is in a public area. It was um, in an area that's actually two blocks from where he was assassinated. And I just was... Curious as to why that location, you know, um, two blocks from where he was assassinated and on more or less a street corner um, and not in front of some building or some place like the Uhura House, as an example, that is carrying on uh, the legacy uh, of Huey Newton's work as a revolutionary to complete the Black Revolution of the 60s. It, to me, it just seemed rather an isolated area, not tied to an institution, not tied to anything that is on the ground now to push forward that uh, work that Huey led back then and the work that the Uhura Movement is doing today. That was a part of my experience there at this event. And also to be there honoring him and to be talking about him and, and memorializing him And great memories, great speeches, great photos were taken. Uh, The thing that I thought was part of my experience, too, was the fact that you did not hear any of the speakers really addressing the concerns and the contradictions of the African community today. And I just felt if Huey was uh, alive today, he would have been addressing the police brutality that is still in Oakland today to talk about the homelessness that is Uh, Running rampant here in the city of Oakland today to talk about the housing question where the African community is being pushed out into the free, under freeways and in tents and in uh, these little, uh, what they call houses, mini houses, um, is that people are being pushed out in, in wholesale numbers, you know? And for me, it was an extremely kind of a painful experience to hear uh, everything that occurred there in the context of nothing being said to address the uh, contradictions that you see and that you had to drive through just to get to this event. So that was and that was an experience in itself, uh, just to not hear uh, this ceremony being tied to any concrete efforts to uphold Huey and what he was about um, when he was alive.
3: Uhuru, uhuru, Now, you all held your own event in memory of Huey on Friday, October 29th.
4: How was that event? We actually pulled together an event in the midst of doing uh, the institutional work that the African People's Socialist Party conducts in Oakland. Oakland is the regional hub of the western region of the African People's Socialist Party, where we have our long-term institutions. Uhuru Foods and Pies that has been on the ground building an independent African economy since the early 80s. We have Uhuru Furniture and Collectibles that is in its 33rd, 34th year building African self-determination. And we also have our Uhuru House, our political economic center right here in the city of Oakland that's been at the current location of 7911 MacArthur Boulevard since 1984. And it is these institutions that uh, we do work every day and to win people to the revolutionary project that the African People's Socialist Party is in the process of winning all over the world. And it was um, doing this work that we do every day that we uh, talked with the chairman and he had suggested uh, once he knew about this bust and unveiling, he said, we need to pull together our own uh, event to speak about Huey and to speak of the role that the Uhura movement has played in Oakland and uh, 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 the efforts to bring Huey back into political life and of the work that we are involved in. So we had to pull this uh, event together and it was a great event. I wasn't quite sure how it would turn out because, you know, again, it wasn't given uh, the detail that the Hura movement normally does. We pulled it together in less than a week and we had a decent turnout. There was a lot of new faces there. Frederica Newton, the widow of uh, Huey Newton, was there uh, as a speaker. We had myself uh, speaking as the representative of the party, We had uh, Ali Aiello, who was the um, Western Regional Representative of the African People's Solidarity Committee, speaking. We had a great program. Uh, We started out with a video of the last speech of Huey Newton. And it was the first time that Frederica said that she had seen that video and she was moved by that. We also did a PowerPoint presentation following the video that uh, showed pictures of the stencils we put up around the city upholding Huey and what he stood for uh, to push back the state slander that occurred immediately after Huey was assassinated. We showed uh, videos of um, Huey when he was at the Uhura House speaking on two occasions in 1986 and 1987. Uh, We had uh, different programs around that. Uh, even one to free Huey once the state had locked him back up. And uh, we had had um, numerous uh, pictures from after Huey was assassinated. We did a lot of work on the ground and at the church where the service was, at the funeral home where the viewing of his body was. We were the honor guards. We also printed the program at the funeral at our Spear Graphics Um, office that was located in Oakland at the time. Uh, We also raised resources from the community uh, to uh, provide Frederica Newton the ability to handle the things that she needed to deal with um, after Huey was assassinated. And at the event, she spoke to what she was doing that day before uh, the day he was assassinated, the plans that they had, what they were going to be doing during the day and it was a very moving event. It was again, like I said, well attended. We had great participation. Uh, The program was good. We had to uh, move um, in an interesting way to put this event on. Um, The Uhuru House itself is our organizing center. And right now uh, we have uh, the um, Uhuru Furniture and Collectibles Warehouse sales are happening there on a regular basis, and we had a building full of furniture. The Uhura Furniture and Collectibles is in the process of uh, getting another warehouse uh, so that we can begin begin to push uh, the Uhura House as a rental center and as a community event center, and we had to move the event upstairs in our second-floor area, which is considerably smaller than downstairs. We had positioned the chairs in a socially responsible way, and um, I just thought it, it was a great uh, atmosphere for the people who came and were attended there. Yeah, the event that we put on uh, for, at the Uhura House was an event we had titled Live Like Huey, and we chose that theme because the work that Huey Newton was about is incomplete. The revolution uh, has not occurred. Although Huey was a revolutionary and a hell of a revolutionary and stood for a lot in the community, uh, his life has ended and therefore that ended uh, his work. But there are a lot of people out here who are alive and who are well as human beings, as Africans who are colonized, who have to live like Huey. And uh, we are putting this meeting on to bring them back into revolutionary life or into revolutionary life for those who've never been a part of revolutionary life uhuru
3: uhuru uhuru live like
2: huey oh we appreciate that comrade you know just listen to what you're saying i really just want to you know salute you and uh you know salute the african people's socialist party and just um you know our commitment uh to upholding uh the legacy of huey newton i mean from uh this is this is this event um to us being the uh the honor guard at the unveiling of his bus. And even as you touched on, you know, going back to his funeral and being an honor guard at, at his funeral. And I, I've seen those images uh, by the way, um, just very, you know, brilliant, um, you know, powerful images. I've seen, you know, the red, black and green flag uh, being waved above his casket. I think, um, you know, it was a real proper uh, send off, uh, you know, um, Huey Newton. So I really want to appreciate that. So comrade, You all have organized a community garden in Oakland, named after Huey. Oakland has really been attacked by decades of urban removal and gentrification. Why is this garden an important front in the defense of the African working class community in Oakland?
4: Uhuru, um, I spoke a little bit ago about dual and contending power institutions and about power being in the hands of African workers. And the Huey P. Newton Community Garden represents that. It represents the ability for us to grow our own foods and to win the African community again to feed ourselves. Um, We have um, the garden in the backyard at the Uhuru House in East Oakland at 7911 MacArthur Boulevard. We um, actually have a garden project going on right now as we speak uh, we have a young sister, Obi Naga, who is leading uh, the work there. Uh, people come to the Uhura house every Saturday morning, 8 a.m. to 12 noon. Uh, they are in the process of digging up the old planter boxes, removing uh, roots um, that have grown up from an invasive tree next door. Um, and we actually, uh, maybe a month and a half ago, actually took the backyard from being totally overrun. It looked like a jungle back there, and you can see clearly uh, the land uh, that is being developed, the planter boxes. We already have purchased the wood uh, to put new planter boxes in, and we are winning people to come on a weekly basis to contribute to this garden, but this garden represents power in the hands of African workers uh, to be able to feed ourselves as we move forward uh, and winning people to this whole urban garden concept where uh, they don't have to go to Safeway and spend all their money with these capitalists who bring nothing, who only thing they bring to the community is uh, economic extraction. And we want to keep the commerce in the community. We want to keep the ability for people to feed ourselves in the community. And this garden represents a lot uh, politically in terms of what it is that the uh, party is trying to do.
3: Uhuru, 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 uhuru. Thanks for that, Bakri, and really, really salute uh, the decades of efforts and your leadership around uh, so many of these important issues and campaigns. So I'd like to ask you this, are there any last thoughts that you want to share with us or our listeners?
4: Yeah, I just want to take it back real briefly, if I can to the event that occurred on, I think, Sunday before last on the 24th, uh, when there was the unveiling of Huey's bust. And, you know, I was there, you know, in the rain and listening to some of the speeches. And I was just thinking that people were speaking about Huey in a fashion that describes themselves more than it described Huey. And I think, for Huey, he would have been there describing the conditions and the conditions of African people and how we must organize to overturn that. And I just want to end by saying that we want to bring people back into revolutionary organization, revolutionary philosophy, and we want to complete the Black Revolution of the 60s. Uhuru. Uhuru. Uhuru.
3: Uhuru. Uhuru. Yeah. Yeah. Um
2: you that, bunker? That was a really good note to end on.
4: Oh, thank you, comrade.
2: Like, you know, like the ultimate way to salute Huey's legacy is to c- continue to complete the revolution, basically. Right,
3: right. Live like Huey. And that's right. what you Live guys do. Like you have been listening to the People's War Radio Show. Today we discuss the legacy of Huey P. Newton. Our theme song, Colonial Virus, was written and performed by Elikia Goma, Thanks to the People's War Radio Show's production, research, and promotions team. Including Jaja Robinson, Empress Livewire, and a hipster panda. So we say,
0: down with the colonial virus, Down with the colonial virus, This has been the People's War Radio Show, produced by WVPU Black Power Radio at 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida.
1: WBPU is a project of the African People's Education and Defense Fund. The baddest nonprofit on the planet.
2: Whose mission is to defend the human and civil rights of the African community. And address the grave disparities faced by African people in education, healthcare, and economic development.
1: For more information on the African People's Education and Defense Fund, visit apedf.org.
3: Episodes of the People's World Radio Show are available on the Black Power Talks podcast. For updates and resources to fight the coronavirus or to volunteer
5: with Project Black Onk, visit developmentforafrica.org.
0: Thank you for listening.
1: The
0: colonial virus. Mass incarceration, that's the colonial virus.